Onyx Vale, Saints and Sinners. Hello and welcome to Des Moines and Dragons Presents Onyx Vale, Saints and Sinners, a Blades in the Dark podcast. As you know, I am Tim Williams, uh, your Game Master, and I am surrounded by Chris Williams, uh, Andre Johnson, and... Oh my god, I'm sorry, Calista, I forgot your last name. DePau. Calista DePau, thank you. All right. It was like, I remembered what it was. I knew it started with a D, but I was just like, oh my god, I'm just... Like, I will deliver on this, and it's gone. (laughs) I won't hold it against you for not knowing after several years of knowing me. <sighs> Damn. Rough. All right. On that note, we're just gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna drive right past that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it is a very windy Sunday afternoon in November, uh, and let's see what everybody has been up to, or if there's a world fact about the space that they'd like to share before we get started. I'll start with you, Chris. Uh, Of course you start with me. Well, currently right now in the land of November, which is like a month ago, we uh, was working on the technical aspects of Heather's the Musical. Um, I'm sure it went well. I hope. God, I hope it went well. I hope it went well. (laughs) Or it didn't. But... As they say, you know, the day after, it, it, it don't matter no more. So, right. Um, or wait till next month to hear. <laughs> wait till next month to hear me rally against how it didn't go as well as I'd hoped. <laughs> so, fantastic. Is there a fun fact you'd like to share about the world space while we're at it? Or fun fact about the world space. I'm trying to remember without, you know, doubling up the. Okay. So, the. Uh, you know, the Festival of Gold, because I'm pretty sure I talked about this last time, um, you know, massive, massive display of opulence and ridiculousness, all in the name of charity. Uh, it, this is where, you know, you know, in, in the last episode, uh, you know, there was this presentation of springing people from jail as part of that. Uh, it, because so much of the nobility has so much political sway they do have the ability to do something like this at the drop of a hat um and just basically make up the law as they see fit and when they all get together is usually when they have enough political sway to make it happen so uh things like the the festival of gold if new laws or new uh sort of precedent when it comes to policy it's going to come out of something like this. And there's different types of festivals throughout the entirety of the year that ultimately uh, come about in the festival of gold. Fantastic. That's going to be interesting to come up with. So it's kind of like, you know, a little bit like, you know, regular politics these days. Cough, cough. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, not to get too on topic, but yeah, basically if you've got money and you have sway, therefore, if you all get together in the same place, things tend to happen. Fair. Alrighty, moving on next to Callista. First off, Callista, how you been? And uh, do you have a fun fact about the world space for us? Well, I've been okay. Uh, and I don't really have a fun fact today. That's okay. Alrighty. And last but certainly not least, we'll move on to 
our resident baker of the group. Andre, what do you got for us? Carbs. Nothing but carbs. <laughs> it's okay. I I actually, I'm going to mix it up today. We're not going to do just pastries today. Oh, it's going to be meat pies. No. <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. You'll just have to experience it. Um, but no, I've been good. Uh, it, this is November when this is happening, so Stabby Stab Stab happened not that long ago, and it went fantastically. Yes, it did. In fact, some of your castmates wanted to come see it. It was a small house, and I didn't have comps. <laughs> it's okay, Andre. You 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 sold out a whole show. That's that's impressive. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm very excited about how well we did. There, there's a small possibility of us bringing it back. I don't know much yet, but I'll share details when there are details. Fantastic, and I will make sure and be there to buy tickets when it first opens up. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, Andre, do you have a fun uh, fact about the world space for this? Episode? I don't. I started thinking of one, and then work happened, so I fell I out of my head. No worries. Alrighty, so do we remember what happened last time? If I told you no, would you believe me? I would. So <laughs> I'll let our narrator handle that. But in the meantime, we will get. We will be back in a moment to head straight into the free play. I say, we'll get what? We'll get what? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Take it away, narrator. Psst, Toby. Toby, it's me. Oh, oh, hey, Mr. Westchester. It's, it's, it's uh, good to see you. It's good to see you too, son, but uh, I need a paper, but I'm also here to warn you. Oh? Well, what? Well, first, let, wrong? Well, let me say I'm, I'm very glad that you decided to join the ranks of my uh, printing press company, and I'm very, very glad to have such a wonderful employee, but the other papers are not taking kindly to us paying you well, so they're roughing up paper boys, so I need you to be careful, all right? You serious, Mr. Westchester? They're beating up folks like me? They are. They are indeed, son, and I'm going oh, to need you. boy. And I'll tell you that... There is no paper worth your life, so if somebody comes after you, just run. It'll be all right. If somebody comes after me, just run. You got it, Mr. Westchester. Good. Put those new shoes to work. <laughs> Will do. It's good to see you, though. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Here. Here's uh, two gold coins for you. I'll be on my way. Wow. Thanks, Locks. Thanks. Extra, extra, read all about it. Local paper boys announce strike, unless paid better. Another breakout at the prison warden, Cross, says it's not connected to the previous breakout. Onyx Vale police say it was done by the notorious gang called the Recluse. All I'm saying, you've got your steel cup, and it's just like, hey... Okay, okay. Why did I do that to myself? I have to change it in post. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So so to catch everybody up before we start our, our free play, I was happening to, I have a steel cup that I drink from because, you know, as a GM, I have to talk a lot. And I happened to take a drink and set it down. And apparently I set it down too loud. 
All I'm saying is that now I have this image of a very hefty, like articulate or very highly detailed beer stein full of whatever you need to survive that you decided to be like, boo, another. No, it was more like I got. Okay. So a little bit of a pl- uh, shameless plug. That's not. And sponsored. I got to quit hitting the table. God, I got to <laughs> fix this in post. Right. You're going to have to, you're going to have so much. Data. You're just you're screwing not. yourself over right now. Damn it. Fun fact. He's not going to edit this out. All right. So. No, it, it stays. It stays. <laughs> so, uh, I got this at uh, 2D Con, actually. It's uh, Wild Bills. Uh, it's like a custom soda uh, shop and everything, and it was really cool. So, really good soda, too, actually. All right. In the meantime, as we have that quick minute to be, to shout an advertisement for a group that isn't sponsoring us at all. <laughs> um, a hint. I know you guys are listening, maybe. They could do it. They could. could. You could sponsor us. All right. So let's start off our free play section. So we open on <clears throat> we open on the Onyx Vale. It has been a couple of weeks since um, the last session where you guys broke into the prison, freed Mal, and ended up just pissing off the cops even more. Everything has been pretty like decent in regards to downtime. Uh, you guys have tried to keep a kind of a low profile and everything, not trying to garner too much attention because, uh, you guys have a lot of attention out of the four wanted ratings. You currently are sitting at two. So who shall we start with first? I know who I think, but I'm just curious about our, our food variety names today. (laughs) <laughs> I can go, that's fine <laughs> Alright, so where do we find Abner? Um, Abner is going to be um, Back at the theater with his friend Adela um, As she's working on stuff, just chatting her up Okay And so, you enter and one You find As you enter, you do find That the door to the costume shop Has been broken and a few oh. things are a little bit more scattered around than you thought last time. And so as you enter, you see her, she just goes, Oh, hello, Abner. How's it going? And she's working on what looks like to be one of those uh, ruffle dresses that you see that were big during the Elizabethan times. Uh, quite lovely. Your door seems to have tripped and, tripped and fallen over. And she goes, oh, yes, funny thing about that. There was some men that were coming in, asked about you and some money, and I said, I haven't seen them in a few weeks. My darling dear Snowpuff, what? Please do tell me. And she goes, they were very brutish men. They decided to come in. (coughs) They thought that. I knew where you were and that I was hiding you. And I was, and I said, no, why would I hide Abner of all things? Abner has his own place to stay. And of course, then they asked me where that was. And I said, I don't know. Probably in the arms of some woman or something. Oh, good on you for lying so well. She, uh, now, did, did they have anything that you could identify? Any, any markings of sorts? And she goes, well... I do know that one of the gangs around here, uh, yes, it's South Street, the South Street Automatons, 
they uh they really got into debt collecting. They happened to wear a green uh scarf, basically, as their calling card. Something to keep in mind to look out for. How garish green scarves. It's not even the season. Agreed, agreed, but you know what they say. What do they care about it when they can usually just bust your teeth? Oh. Well, did are you hurt, my dear? And she goes, no, no, no. All they did was rough up the shop a little. And uh, I did hear them talk about a few things, actually, while I was out and about. As Ooh. in the meantime, you hear what sounds like a cat's kind of scratching at what looks like a scratching post. Oh, little thimble's going at it again, isn't he? And he goes, of course, never stops. <laughs> um, I appreciate the extra world building that the animals are now applying to this. Right, that's my dog. It's Chance. He's currently scraping at the floor. It's not, maybe. You know, this is the kind of thing they clip on the internet and turn into a banger on Spotify. Oh, God, if TikTok gets a hold of it. Oh, no, we're That's ruined. <laughs> Calista, put your phone down. I know you're on TikTok right now. Shh, that was 10 minutes ago. <laughs> All right. I might have muted my mic and was like, knock it off. <laughs> All right, back to what I was saying. Uh, they go, well, they were talking about... Uh, you know the boat. You know the bullet train, the one that goes from here to uh, Sokovia and everything. No, I'm Sokovia. familiar with it. Yes, <laughs> not Sokovia, uh, Slonia and everything. Yes, I, I knew what you meant. I took your meaning. She goes, yes. Well, apparently, uh, a lot of the nobles like to ride that particular train as a form of, you know, form of summer travel, and they like to take all of their riches and goods with them. And uh, apparently, from what I heard, the planet uh, hit that train. Interesting. Oh, my peach basket hat, you've done well. And she goes, my eyes might be going, but my ears are still the ever the same. Oh, of course they are, darling. Now I must be going. Is there anything you require of me before I leave? And she goes, ah, no, 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 no. Just uh, keep your head out of trouble. You are a good lad. Oh, I do what I can. Thank you. Of course. And so is there anything else uh, Abner would like to do, or are we moving on to the next person? Uh, I think I'm good. This is like the first time we've started a session where I'm not completely stressed out. So, <laughs> All right. Who would like to go next? I will. All right. What a great answer. <laughs> So where do we find Lee? Uh, so Lee is going and checking in with uh, the folks that we broke out of jail. Oh, okay. All right. And so uh, where did you, yeah, where, do you happen to have a place where you stash them or do they have a place that they kind of hold up and told you? Um, most of them went to, uh, I think a couple of them went to their own places and then the rest of them I, I stashed together gotcha, uh, gotcha. so uh I'm, just so i can confirm it's mal you're going to go see i was gonna go see mr kemp actually oh Land. mr kemp uh, 
Mr. Kemp. Um, no, I don't remember him at all. <laughs> uh, fun fact. Uh, GM tip here. Take notes, even though I don't. <laughs> uh, my notes are him. Is that he's good at fighting and we broke him out of jail. So. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So actually... So he is actually at the bar currently. Uh, and so uh, he was one of the ones that Locke, Locks was able to uh, basically pardon as part of their... One of uh, the three for the Festival of Gold. Pretty much, yeah. And so you see him, you, you walk into the bar and you see him just kind of like sitting there. He has kind of like a shot glass on the table and he has his finger and he's kind of just twirling the glass kind of sitting on board and everything Lee is gonna walk up sit down next to him and say want somebody to drink with and he goes I mean I've been kind of knocking that myself out that way but I mean I'll take company alright uh and Lee's going to wave down the bartender and say, whatever he's having for me, and then lean in and whisper and water for him. And because uh, you guys are in the milkmaid's jacket, Tess kind of nods and brings out uh, what looks like three fingers of scotch and a glass of water for him. And he goes, to the gold festival. And takes a drink. Lee raises her cup and sips it and goes, Well, I'm glad that we could uh, help you out with that during that wonderful festival. Of course. But now the fun thing is trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. Oh, how about taking it one day at a time? Maybe sober up tonight and uh, spar with me tomorrow. Oh, shit. That's all you had to say. All right, I'm in. Sounds good to me. <laughs> all right. And so, is there anything else you'd like to talk with Kemp about, or is that was that it? Uh, that's it. I'd like okay. to go seek out Mal now. Okay. And so, eventually you stand up and you go seek out Mal, and uh, yeah. Mal, uh, tell me where you find him. Uh, I've stashed him away. He's laying low, mm-hmm. um, after being threatened, so he's, he's probably alone and trying to figure out next steps. Mm-hmm. So, uh, eventually we see, uh, we see, uh, we see Lee head to like the docks district part of town, and in one of the there looks to be like a small factory area, and we see uh, Lee kind of head up to the top floor of that factory area, and in this back corner we see what looks like a foreman's office, and as they open the door, you see a knife just uh, land uh, in the wall right next to where Lee is, and you just hear a voice go, "Oh, it's you." Glad to see that your aim's still good. And he goes, well, you know, got a little jumpy after uh, everything happened. And he uh, turns, takes a gla- takes what looks like a thing of like a coffee tin, and then kind of just drinks from it. 
What are you drinking? Coffee. I haven't really, well, been having trouble sleeping and everything. You picked a place that makes a lot of fucking noise, you know that? Yeah, well, that means you can make noise too if you need to. I mean, that's fair, but, uh... God, I'm a light sleeper. Maybe I can get something stronger for you. That would be appreciated. Okay. Is there anything else you need while you're still holed up here? No, it hasn't been easy to go from one place locked up to another place where you can't go anywhere. Uh, I mean, other than wanting to go out and stretch my legs and walk around the block, I'd, I'd like to do that, but I know I can't. Uh, yeah. Once you find out more info, maybe at some point I can actually come out. I'm hoping that'll be soon. I'm working on it. Alright. You guys investigated the uh, hospital core yet? She's going to kind of shift on her feet and go. Well, I'm going to get you that uh, stuff to help you sleep and just leave. And so after the door closes and everything, he just goes, so that's a no. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else Lee like to do before we shift over to locks? No, she's just going to go try and find some stronger stuff to help him sleep. Alright. In the meantime, uh, let's check in on Archibon. Archibon, what are you doing? So, in the previous iteration of this, um, he had gone and uh, and uh, managed to acquire a newspaper company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think going in to check on that to see if they'd started issuing their own editorials because he knows, you know, in the noble world, there's, uh, swaying the court of public opinion is everything. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he's been around <laughs> that game for long enough. So he's going in to check to see that the initial issues have begun printing. So as you enter, you enter this tiny, very tiny print shop and everything. And as you enter, you see a person kind of running it. They turn and uh, this person is, uh, they're about five, five. Uh, They're a female and they turn and they go, oh, hello. Uh, You must be our new owners. Is that correct? Indeed it is, madam. He goes... Name's Ellen. Ellen Waverly. Local journalist here and uh, someone who likes to find out the truth. What about you? Well, I wouldn't be in the journalism business if I didn't care about the truth, now would I? That's fair. It's fair. Uh, can, I, can I help you at all? Oh, just taking a look at seeing how things are coming. How are the first issues of our war for the truth against the terrible tyranny of the police department. And uh, she goes, well, uh, actually, just got done printing everything. Our paper boys are set to go out, but uh, I will be honest with you, some of them are a little bit afraid. Well, 
That does make sense. Is there any way we can uh, give them any kind of protection? And she goes, well, I mean, you've heard that they want to, like, unionize and get paid more, right? That's fair. Well, apparently all the other newspaper companies are either roughing them up or uh, doing something about that. So figuring out something to get that to stop would be probably a best, pretty good start. So, so, hold on, run that by me again. Are you saying that the other newspaper companies are attacking their own employees and they're worried that we are going to do the same? Is that what I understand? Well, okay, so let me, let me, get the, let me tell you this. You've heard of a strike, right? And I have. And he goes, it's when a union decides to hold off people working until they get what they want. All right. <laughs> and so a lot of the, the newspaper boys have done that and ret- to try to do that. Now, for us, they're willing to pay because you pay well. All right. However, for everybody else, they're not really liking that. And so they're trying to beat people into coming back to work. Oh, oh, I see. A little uh, take the pay cut, but at least your teeth will still be in place at the end of the day, right? Pretty much. Hmm. Well, I'm a man of numbers and investment, and I like to protect my investments, so perhaps we can arrange some sort of uh, bodyguard situation, perhaps. And maybe we'll entice more people to come from the other newspapers and really get the word out. That would be fantastic. So. And uh, before you go, she goes, I did hear this much, though. The newspapers around, the ones that are trying to get people back to work, we talked about using one of the gangs to uh, kind of beat them back into submission. So oh, if you guys wanted to, well, if you knew somebody who would be able to the, maybe find a different gang that could push them back. That'd be a good idea. I think a few people might owe some favors. I appreciate the info. Of course. All right. And is Locke's done in this area? Or is I, think, uh, I think he kind of want to makes it, you know, because he, he set, I'm sure Thomas is off on some gallivant taking care of it, but I think he wants to check in with Faust, the okay. librarian. Okay. All right. And so he heads off to Faust. And so uh, we see uh, basically kind of walking along this cobblestone area. And uh, tell me, can you give me a little bit more like where Faust is located and what it looks like? So Faust is uh, a librarian. Um, And of course, you know, think like the Harry Potter library from the films meets Tim Burton. And that's how I envision this library that he's uh, watching over just, you know, just dark and potentially like they look burned, but they're not just, just rows upon rows of books. And for as dark of a building and, you know, seemingly ramshackle that this library is here is this, tiny little spitfire of a man that just is kind of built like Danny DeVito, uh, you know, and he's just, just a purveyor of knowledge and eccentric guy that just knows the, just, there's just something about him where he has this knowledge 
like he had to strike a deal or something to know the inner workings of the universe that we currently occupy. All right. And so as you approach this door, you knock on it because it's long past when a library is actually running and everything. And you hear the door open and you just hear him go, ah, yeah, can I help you? Really, Faust? Come now. And uh, he, he looks at you and he goes, ah, shit, sorry, I didn't have my peepers on. He puts on these really big glasses and they kind of like we zoom in on his eyeballs and make him like really look huge. And he goes, ah, Archivine, come in, come in. I'm sorry. Age has really fucked up my sight. I, I can tell. I And Faust, I can tell you after hours, you're usually not so crass, my friend. And he goes, ah, sorry, I've been hitting the, uh, you know. I, I get it. You have a you have a, a bedtime scotch to keep away the plague, right? Exactly. You know how it. You know how it is. You know how it is. Come on in, Aki boy. Come on in. All right. You've you've convinced me. And so uh, you enter in, and obviously the library is like itself. However, as you enter the back of what looks like the poetry section, uh, you see Archibon kind of just hits what looks like a button under one of the. Uh, bookshelves and one of the shelves kind of slids back and across and it goes into uh faust's private quarters and everything (laughs) that is always impressive about how many of these private rooms that you have stashed around this decrepit old library and he goes well you know when you learn know what you know some people eventually are going to come after you for it so i decided you know it's probably good to have a, a maze in here that's Hopefully fair. the old mind can remember each place. That's fair. I can see it now. I'm going to come here, not know where you are, and you're simply lost over in Section C under romantic novels. Uh, heck of a way to go. <laughs> hell, hell of a way to go, indeed. Uh, tell me, uh, Faust, uh, did our young protege Thomas come and seek you out? Oh, yeah, 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 he did come. He's got an interesting little thing there, you know? He uh, he brought in. He said he had somebody who was kind of like a kind of like a devil on his shoulder type, you know. And I thought that was very interesting. Reminded me of something. And so we did a little bit of uh, we did a little bit of like you know uh, uh, research on it. But uh, I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen him in a couple of days, so I don't know what happened there. But then again, you know, he's young and such. That's fair. We can only hope for the best. Besides having a a uh, problem like that under control turns it into a, a resource and an asset instead of a liability, you know? And he goes, yeah, but uh, I don't know how much you know about uh, spirits, Archieboy, but uh, it's my, on the t- my understanding is very limited, but that's why I sent him to you. And I appreciate that, but uh, he's got to be very careful. Oh, I think on the type... That could swallow him whole, and he seems like a good kid. Well, I can imagine if, if there's anything that's going to give him an honest shot of being able to get it under any kind of wraps, it's any information you can give him, because I would like him as a resource instead of a liability. Of course, of course, of course. And uh, he goes, we were, we've had, we've researched some books and everything. In fact, uh, we actually learned how to... Uh, well, maybe he has to actually try it when he gets back, because that's what's going to happen next. He was going to try it, and then we we're going to actually see if we could communicate with him on his own terms, rather than when the supposed spirit contacts him, that sort of deal. Less intrusive and more communicative. 
I can appreciate that. And he goes, but I haven't seen him since then, so. But I'm sure he'll come back. He he did seem to have a lot on his mind regarding family and all that. I mean, that is a fair, fair assessment. Well, keep up the good work, Faust. Uh, You are a literal gold mine of knowledge of both the arcane and the physical. And he goes, of course, of course. I mean, a lot of people kind of look this place over since, you know, they always rely on the fist, but it's a cold world, the Onyx Vale. No, and none of us know it better than I. <laughs> that they do, that they do. All right. Thank you, Akaban. It was good to see you. And you as well. Remember, try not to get caught behind the romantic novels. And he goes, I mean, I hear them calling to me. Great, I'm going to come in and find you covered in Fifty Shades of Grey novels. Uh, Thank not goodness. That, not that smut, not that smut. Oh, good. <laughs> so, you have standards, that's, that's a hefty relief. Some days, some days. And that's right, that, audience, <laughs> I said it. If you like it, you don't have standards. Hot take! <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, okay, and so... Uh, is there anything else that Locks would like to do before we head back to the Mage Jacket? I think, you know, with his knowledge of, you know, with a, what Ellen told him, he's he's, he's going to go check on Tobias. You know, as he's on the way back to the Milk Mage Jacket. Alright. So as you go uh, to check on Tobias and everything, uh, you walk to one of the corners he's normally at. And you see him uh, he is kind of there, and he's about to like open what looks like a newspaper crate. But you notice that one of his arms is sling is in a sling. Tobias, old boy, you've got to be more careful when you are opening those crates. And he goes, "Yeah, well." He goes, "Yeah, well, it wasn't exactly a you know a uh, crate that did this, but uh, oh, whatever. I just got to work, you know." Well, do do be careful, old boy. None of these papers are worth injury of that degree. And he goes, I mean, yeah, but like... Care to, you care to elaborate on exactly what happened? And so he turns and goes, Yeah, look, I can't... And he looks kind of like up and down the corner, street corners and everything. And he Just kind of gesture with your eyes if there's a problem nearby. Oh, okay, okay. I, uh, you know there's a strike going on with the newspaper boys and everything. No, I've heard. I have recently come into uh, possession of a printing press myself, and I hear mine's quite popular for the fact that I'm not a jackass. And he goes, oh, shit. You, uh, you own in the new pe- printing press. Well, and he snaps his fingers. What's it called again? Oh, I believe... The Onyx Vale Beacon is uh, what I believe it is, you know, because we have to be the truth in these dark, cold city streets. Ah, yeah, that's a good one. I really like that one. Not to mention that, that Ellen there. She's really great. She's also kind of a looker, if you know what I mean. But, uh, well, yeah, well, I'm only 14. I ship, indeed, you are. And you sound like you have a family of six and a mortgage. I mean, it's the times. <laughs> good. <laughs> And uh, he goes, and he goes, but, uh, and he goes, 
And he goes, but uh, yeah, they uh, that one was a pretty nice paying, and uh, the unions really flock into that one. But uh, apparently, nobody else likes that for the competition, you know. I mean, if we can uh, make a few big papers go under for being not so great with their employees, then that would be great. But I can't have people like you being roughed up because of it, so. And he goes, oh, well, thank you, Mr. Akamon. That's great. Just know that things will be taken care of. All right. Uh, He also, before you go into, as you turn to, like, leave, he says, oh, and uh, Mr. Akamon, one last thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, one of the newspapers, the main newspaper that actually supplies that hires the gangs to uh, rough us up, so to speak, mm-hmm. is paid for by a uh, guy named Emerald. Emerald DeLong. Like the long? Like this is the long or DeLong? DeLong. Mm. Edmund DeLong. All right. And he does kind of like, you know, finger side of his nose. And as he turns, he nods to Tobias and flicks him a gold piece. Thank you, sir. You have a good day now. And uh, here, take a paper. Thank you, Tobias. And you see that it says the Onyx Rail Beacon on it. <sighs> that boy. All right. And so, are you heading to uh, the Milkmaid's Jacket now? Indeed. All right. So, when you get to the Milkmaid's Jacket, all three of you kind of get there at the same time. And uh, as you enter, one, uh, Lee, you see Kempt is passed out at the table, but it just looks like to be sleeping it off. Uh, and uh, yeah, what do you guys do? Oh, think- hello, my darling little snow puffs. How are you? And there we go. I'm, I'm all right. How are you? I'm Dave. doing quite well, thank you. Good, good. Vasily isn't around, is he? And uh, and uh, as you do, as you say that, you uh, hear from the back room and goes, "I knew my ears were burning." <laughs> I think he's back there. Call it hunch. Always to the grindstone, eh, Vasily? And he goes, "Well, we've got to get this place up and running order." It may look like it has character, but it actually needs a lot of fixing. I mean, character or denial, it must have both. How is that uh, gold fencing coming from that little gift from the uh, Festival of Gold? And he goes, it is going very well, very well. It, it, it is, uh, I have found the person, and I will be meeting with them within the next week or two. Maybe after that, we should have that money coming in shortly. Good, good. That way, uh, if anybody can put any of that to good use other than the squandering opulence of the Festival of Gold, it's you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're much too kind, Archibald. Oh, I know. And so he he looks to all of you and goes, I see you are all here. Is it time to get to work? I believe it is with those of us that are in attendance, yes. And he goes, yes, I've... uh, I've not seen Thomas in a few weeks. Uh, 
I believe believe he's on a bit of a, I guess, research expedition. Uh Or a spiritual pilgrimage. It's kind of one of the same for him right now. He did seem the type. We can blame Faust for that. (laughs) I didn't know that that old old bastard was still alive. Oh, he is. He locks himself away in the library. I I warned him not to get trapped under the romance novels. (laughs) Heck of a way to go. That's what he said. (laughs) And so uh, he chuckles at that and he goes, Okay, so... What jobs have you learned about today? Well, what did we learn about? (laughs) And so he goes, let me do a quick recap of jobs that are still very much on the table. One, you break into Bertram's remedies. They have a prosthetics there that could help me out as he pats uh, the stubby parts of his legs. Hmm. All right. And he goes, another one might be found here. And he slides a, pa- a paper over to you. Because uh, did you look at the uh, Onyxville beacon at all? No, no, it's been tucked under my arm so I could get here. Okay. And he goes, I see you have a paper. You might want to read it. So you just hear the <laughs> of, uh, blocks. Uh, unfurling the thing to re- look at it. And so, as you read it, you do realize that um, the current governor's wife is going to be visiting the theater. The theater that Abner actually uh, frequents a lot. And with them is going to be the uh, governess brooch She's going to be wearing the governess brooch, which is worth a great deal of money. And so, uh, how does Locks react to that? Hmm. That is enticing. Was there... So, it's the governess is coming to the theater. Mm-hmm. Or we go get the prosthetic. Those are two of the so far ones. Uh, just to recap, the other ones that were learned about. I was about uh, to say, I, I remember mine. Um, I do. I have a quick question about mine. Yes. Um, so it was the South Street Automation, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't we? I broke Nigel out. We broke him out last time because oh, he asked yeah. me to help yeah. him. That's why I was like, "Is this a double cross?" Uh. No, it's yeah. a continuity error. <laughs> it's a continuity error. <laughs> uh, sorry, here, let me, do, let me do a quick change of who it was then. Then it is simply, because I have like so many other games, this one is actually going to be the Boiler Brothers. That makes a lot of sense because they don't <laughs> like me. Yeah, because I was like, there was one that you had. I just couldn't remember what it was off the top of my head. It was that one. It's the leader of the Boiler Brothers. Scooter Brothers. Wait. All right. And, uh, yeah. So. Uh, 
then I'm yeah, I'm going to tell them about the the um, steam engine and the potential heist that they are doing. Also, that they attacked my theater. Hmm. All right, and then Lee, uh, do you want to weigh in on any of these heists? I don't think so. Not yet. Okay. And so uh, Vasily goes. All right. Which one do we think? Do we think we want to do? May worry about that steam engine. There's only a couple of us that are available right now. What do we gain to lose if we let this one go by? And uh, from the sounds of it. And uh, so Vasily looks over, looks at everything that's learned from it, and he goes, one of the things that we're looking at the people going and everything, if I'm correct, one of them is actually a unique weapons designer here in the city. Mm -hmm. And uh, part of this makes me wonder... Will he be in attendance? So, when we're hitting this train, we want to have him come with? I do not know if that is the plan for the Boiler Brothers. I do not want to give them that much credit that they are that smart. But, they would be a fool to let him go. It would also be an opportunity to pl- do a crime, steal some jewels, and make the Boiler Brothers look as though they did it themselves. That is a solid point. It's known yeah. that somebody else wants to go after it, leaving them with egg on their face. And uh, Vasily goes, yes, but if they do find out it was us, there is a distinct likelihood that this means we are going to war. Hmm. Hmm. Well, with them going after our, our uh, newspaper chaps out in the streets, might be ebbing that way anyway. That is a good point. But are we ready to kick a hornet's nest? I mean, better this hornet's nest than the Onyx Vale PD. We've been kicking that nest a lot lately. You do present a solid point there, too, Vasily. Yes, we're not on their good side, are we? <laughs> no. I'm really surprised that they have not put a warrant out for our arrest yet. Well, you know, when you've got political sway, things tend to slow down just a tad. Good point. He's going to chime in and say, uh, yeah, grateful for that, by the way. Well... Money has its purpose in life, I suppose. All right. And the other two jobs that are out there? The other two jobs are breaking into Bertram's remedies. The corporation, they are researching a prosthetic that uh, could possibly help me walk again. Mm. It is very experimental. And helping our good friend Fasili does... Do nothing but benefit us. And he goes, there is no rush on this one. If it is, it isn't. If it isn't, it isn't. And then the other one. Uh, I'm trying to remember that third one I gave you guys again. I remember some random house 
And he goes, ah, yes. This one is a uh, suspiciously well-preserved manor in the uh, warehouse district. Uh, and I think, you know, as he's looking through the paper, like, oh, you mean this one? And he points at it. And he goes, the very one, yes. Uh, people have been talking about it. And, uh, what have they been saying? Well, you know, people are usually around the Onyx Vale. If something is haunted, they believe it, and they're not going to check twice. So we have an unusually well-kept manor in the middle of the mostly gross and run-down industrial district. That is correct. Hmm. What have we to gain other than the removal of a rumor from that? Well, there has been rumors that there is countless riches there. Hmm. Not to mention, is there anything from stopping us from keeping the building should we require it? That is also true as well. That is valid. That is very valid. Well, to me, we are down to the steam engine hit and investigating this mansion. I'm sorry, Vasily, but if those legs are there, there's a good chance they'll still be there. We could potentially find it another time. And he goes, no worries. It's just something that is always on the table. Hmm. Well, I know what I think. What about Do you? Do share. Oh, well, sorry. Well, I know I'm leaning more toward the steam engine. We have the chance of a scapegoat. We have the chance of making another decent haul from the different well-to-do types. And if we can manage to get this weapons designer on our side, they could come out quite handily versus the chance of something being in that building and then having an extra building. Not to mention we can come back to the building later. Indeed. Indeed. Oh, I do enjoy a good steam engine. We should. What about you, Hawk? It makes me a little nervous being in close quarters with so many people. But I think it's the right move. Then we are in agreement. then. Oh, thank you, my little lemon tart. Is it the face? Is it because I have a sour no, uh, face? Not that's you, uh, sorry, I, not you. You're standing so close together, um, uh, <laughs> Hawk, my friend. Ah, right, good. It's all about eye contact. Yeah, it, it really is. I, I'm finding new names for you. I know you're not a fan of the bakery. And so Vasily goes, fantastic, fantastic. Now, how are we going to go about it? And so this is basically for the plan section of it. Cool. And so just a quick reminder for everyone. Good, because I need it. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> Uh, basically, in Blades in the Dark, you guys are going to tell me what you're going to do and what the plan is. That's it. You're not going to give me. You can give me. You give me one little detail in regards to that. So, for instance, there are six different plans to a heist. There is assault, deception, stealth, occult, social, or transport. Uh, and you guys are going to tell me what style of heist you're going to do and what is going to be the detail regarding that. Well, considering we are few in number, a 
straight up assault on the steam engine seems a little bit reckless. I would agree. <laughs> However, I could see if I have some connections about one of the one of the railway owners, which just so happens to be the line we are looking at, likes to attend the Festival of Gold. Hmm. So that's an option, pulling strings to get us on there. Or we can, and you know, Lox takes a moment and goes, Ugh, put on a disguise and blend in. And so, uh, just so this is me asking as GM, currently as of right now, that would be a deception style. Right. Uh, I feel like we do a lot of deception style. I mean, if it ain't broke. I mean, you all, wrong. Are, you all are geared towards deception more, and then there's Hawk. And then Hawk. <laughs> Good. And then there's Hawk. Well, Hawk is like if things go bad. So. If things go bad, I'll be there. So, do what you guys want to do. I'll just go along with it. Fantastic. Alrighty. We could do the social, the connection one. Actually, that could be. And so what that would be is more of just like, in regards to like a social thing, is like it's negotiating, bargaining, or persuading. So, it, on this particular thing is you could try and actually find that guy and then persuade him to join you. But, mm-hmm. That could be what you do, since you guys will actually have a good connect a thing on there. Run that by me again. So, for instance, since technically Archibon has a, an ability to actually get on the train easily mm-hmm. without issue, right. um, you guys could actually negotiate, bargain, or persuade the uh, gunsmith to your services. That's fair. That's fair. And we still don't know what the true aim of what the other gang's trying to do to hit this, other than perhaps just petty crime. Exactly. Okay. Well, let's say the two of you. I do know the owner of the particular line this is about to be hit. So perhaps we can simply waltz on and have a discussion. Besides, the Westchester name does carry some weight. All right. Fantastic. And so that is what we're going to do. And when we come back from the break, we will uh, assign uh, items, uh, item loadout, and uh, see how our engagement roll goes. And so we will be back shortly. Goodbye. Bye. Say about 
I was like, well, how long can he hold this? They, oh, the answer no. is seven seconds, and then he gave out. I mean, seven seconds, because I didn't want to, like, impress everybody. Right, right. I'm still trying to keep friends, and don't want to be winded, and going to have exactly. to fix it in post. Do you, really want, do you really want to hear it just go... <gasps> That's just the rest of the episode. Right. <laughs> the rest of the episode sounds just reveals how sh- out of shape I am. Now, welcome to Out of Shape ASMR with Blades <laughs> in the Dark. I held I held a note for seven seconds, and now I cannot catch my breath. Somebody, please call me an ambulance. <laughs> I, I am le- legitimate distress. <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, while it has been about fifteen minutes for us, and maybe what like five seconds for you guys, uh, the party has chosen their heist. They're going to do a socialize, and now. We're going to go into their item loadouts and their engagement roll. So, we'll start with Lee. Lee, what is your character's load going to be this time around? Uh, this is going to be a light load. I don't need much. Okay. What are you bringing with you? You know, I hadn't thought of that too much. <laughs> <laughs> you had follow-up questions I was oh, not prepared for. Gosh. Why do so, you have to uh, make me think here? No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure what I had last time, I'm pretty much going to keep the same, uh, except for um, switching out my fighting knife for my throwing knives, just because I think it'll give me more opportunities, hopefully. Okay. Um, and uh, maybe switching out my burglary gear for my climbing gear. All right. Okay, so, uh, Abner, what are you bringing in? Uh, I'm also going light. I'm going to bring fine clothes and jewelry, a fine disguise kit, and my cane sword. Okay, and last but not least, Archibon, what are you bringing in? Okay, I, I don't think I need a cover identity. So, I think I'm going to do climbing gear, subterfuge supplies, and tinkering tools. All right. Okay. And so, next part is the planning and engagement. So, one, this is basically to determine the engagement role. So this is going to be a fortune roll, and no matter what, you guys start off with one dice for sheer luck. And then I get to modify any of the major advantages or disadvantages. So, is this operation particularly bold or daring? Yes, two dice. Uh, does the plan's detail expose the vulnerability of the target or hit them where they're weakest? Mm, yes, because we're using someone. And so then, uh, another one is, can you use friends or contacts to provide aid or insight? Yes, that's four dice. Uh, And then, because, yeah, and so this is a slightly higher tier target, so that will take you down to three dice. So you have three dice currently for this roll. Would anybody like to do the engagement roll? Is the engagement roll, I can't, I'm sorry, I forgot. Is it just like a basic roll so if you go on your list and you hit the button that go says roll fortune that's what it is 
Hmm. It's below the it's below your friends list on uh, roll twenty. There it is. <laughs> uh, unless there's an objection, I can roll it. That'd be my guess. All right, and just remember, you just have don't. three. Just don't mess it up. <laughs> no promises. Looks like the, there's no reason that wasn't foreboding. <laughs> All right, so yeah, don't we trust have, me. <laughs> we have a three, a four, and a two, and so that means you guys do get past your first one. However, you still have a little bit of issues with this one. So, as you guys, you guys make it onto where the entrance is, and they take the tickets just fine. However, you didn't realize that they would be scanning every person coming in with their weapons to see if they have any weapons on them. And so, uh, you guys have a little bit of time to determine what you're going to do before you guys all get scanned to see if you have anything on you. Scanned how? As in metal detectors. They have like... Mm. They have, like, steampunk wands that detect metal. Wub, wub, wub. <laughs> uh, Hawk, my dearest lemon tart, why don't we say that you are Lox's here uh, protection? That would explain why you have things on you. Right, throughout Westchester, it should get you something. Yes, I think that'd be good. Um, do you guys have anything small that you need hidden? Let's see. Would, you know, mechanics question, would climbing gear, subterfuge supplies, and tinkering tools raise suspicion? Because technically none of those are weapons. No. Not really. No, I'm good. Okay. (laughs) I have a cane sword, but conceivably there would be metal on the cane itself. Exactly. And And I have good enough sway that I might be able to talk my way out of it. Yeah, I'm going to say that's going to come down to a sway roll for that particular one. Not that I'm worried about your sway. I'm I'm not con- too concerned about it, but my first roll tonight has not been great. All right. Before we go forward, I am going to um, shift all of my throwing knives uh, <laughs> to the front of my shirt. Okay. All right. Uh, like near my chest to make okay. so that if it goes over... They'll just ignore it. Okay. And so the first person to go through is... Who is going to be the first person to go through the scanner? I suppose, you know, I'll, I'll leave the charge. You know, he walks through and be like, Really? Is this necessary for a Westchester? And he goes, Incredibly sorry, Mr. Westchester. It's just uh, we've heard reports of possible crime happening, and we just... And uh, the owner... Has asked us to scan everyone aboard. Everyone. I know Reginald, and well, if he insists, I'll just have to bring it up at our next meeting, I suppose. Of course, sir. All I ask is that you do not get me fired. And uh, he scans and. And I think he, like, stops right before he goes in and goes, I'll remember that. And as he's like, you know, waltzing through, and please don't hamper that of my companions. What are you trying to do with that hampering of the companions? So uh, just like, you know, I'm trying to help them not have a bad time coming through. 
Got it. So threatening. So he's like, please don't fire me. Well, I'll remember that, but don't hamper my companions. Got it. So that sounds like a command roll. <laughs> uh, command. Okay. Yes. I click command. And so when you click command, you'll have a position and an effect. Yep. This is going to have a standard effect. And the position is going to be uh, standard. I got risky, controlled, desperate, or fortunate. Oh, sorry. I forgot about that. It's going to be, this one's going to be risky. Whiskey. Standard effect. Mm-hmm. No bonus dice. No bonus dice. Wah, wah. All right. And so uh, they just, they kind of like squint a little bit and then look back towards the other two. So that means they're going to actually like scan you guys pretty hard now. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, I can go next. All right. And so uh, first and foremost, Abner, uh, tell me what. Are you going as Abner, or are you going as... Uh... Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I will walk up to them um, and, and introduce myself, kind of almost the same as I normally do, uh, mm-hmm. but I'll use a different name this time. Okay. Oh, my lovelies, hello. My name is Abel Garabalu. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. I am Lord, um, the Lord's here uh, dresser, as you can tell by how well I'm dressed. All right, so uh, what are you trying to do with that one? Um, I'm just trying to just just make just flatter or distract them from just everything else I've got going on. Mainly my my cane sword. Okay, uh, let's do a sway. Yay! Uh, risky or desperate? Let's do risky, and it's going to be standard effect for this one. And then bonus dice is how many points I have in it, right? Wrong. You don't have to do uh, bonus dice. It, it'll JK. still roll. Bonus dice is if you push yourself. Great. So, for this one, uh, they go... And so they look around, and uh, the you kind of are, like... You're kind of acting as a character as if somebody who's constantly, like, moving and such. And it's kind of annoying them. And so that means that... Uh, you are able to get past, however, it is going to make getting uh, Hawk past incredibly difficult. Sorry. That's <clears throat> fine. And so, uh, yeah. And so they're like, all right, move along. Next. Lee walks up and says, I'm his bodyguard. All right, roll me a sway. And this one is going to be a great effect. Uh, not the, yeah, it's going to be a great effect. And this one's going to be desperate. Oh, desperate. Uh-oh. <laughs> I believe in you. Oh, thanks. You can do it. See? He's so, <laughs> the good news about this particular one, you rolled a four and a six. But you have zero dice in it, which means you take the lower. And so, uh, for this particular one, the good news is a four is a success. It's a success but, sort of. That's what I like to call it. And so, uh, as they go, they go padding around and everything. And they feel, they happen to feel your knives. And they just go, we'll let you on. 
but those stay with us. And so, unfortunately, you're a, you have to hand over your throwing knives. Wait a second. Wait a second. They they intentionally uh, put the wand over, or like put their hands on me. Put the wand over it. And it told them that they were throwing knives there, or just no. Metal? It was metal, and it was a lot more metal than what they're used to. I could have just said that they were uh, the latest fashions. How could they All not right. know about the way, just women's fashions? All right, that's fine. We can roll another sway. I'm gonna do <laughs> my so stress so way too much. Like. I can, I I can help. All right, get a bonus dice. No. <laughs> <laughs> Andre's like I wanted. Uh, Andre's just like I wanted to go without being stressed. Uh, <laughs> we went long enough. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So that's going to be another uh, sway, Hawk. And this one is going. You're going to get a bonus dice, and then Abner, you're going to take two stress for this. Yeah, of course I am. <laughs> <sighs> right, So that is a four. That was with the bonus dice. Yes. Yeah. Because, because Hawk has literally nothing in sway, <laughs> and so uh, they go. Uh, they go. All right, fine. We're keeping an eye on you, and they let you go, and you're able to enter the train. Now, as you guys enter the train, you notice that there is a caboose. The caboose is where all the guards are, because everybody's items are there. There is a viewing cart before that, a viewing train car before that. There is a dining car, and then there is the there is at least three cars of uh, sitting, like basic just general rooms and such. And then there is the conductor's car. You guys are in the second, right behind the conductor's car. And so you go, and you go in, you uh, find your room. It is a very, it's a very, like, uh, good-looking, typical first-class seat-on-a-train sort of deal. And so once you guys uh, drop off, like, get to your seats, where do you go next? I think... uh... You know, we gotta keep up appearances. Uh, are we? We're in a pretty ritzy ditzy like passenger car, yeah. Yeah, the first one is the ritzy ditzy passenger car. Spectacular. The second one is more like second class, and the third one is third class sort of. <laughs> third one is freight. Um, <laughs> I think you know, Arkaban goes over like, oh, uh, uh, you know, waving somebody over, be like, I take a, a scotch for me. Uh, Scotch for you as well, you know, looking at Abner. Absolutely, my lord. And, you know, looking over at Hawk, are you allowed to drink on duty? As long as nobody else sees it. Well, I'll look the other way. Three scotches. Your finest one, please. Of course, my lord. And with that, you feel... uh, And so the person slips away to the dining car. And with that, you feel... uh, the car, the train starts to take off. After a little while, and after going for a little bit, you do feel that eventually uh, 
the person comes back and they bring your drinks to you. Before, before slipping out to go to the summer homes in Slonia, uh, basically, <coughs> uh, the train has to enter a tunnel. And so uh, you guys have not entered the tunnel part. And the tunnel part is where uh, the train is at its darkest. Do we know, like, a relative time of how long that took? Or will take, sorry. To be in the tunnel area? Yeah. You will be in darkness for... No, I'm sorry. I mean, like, how long until we get there? Oh, It'll take exactly three hours to get to Slonia via the train. What is in the subterfuge kit? So a subterfuge kit would basically be like uh, document forging. Okay. Uh Trying to think of other examples of subterfuge. Well, the way I was looking at it, like you know, when I when I think subterfuge is the case by case of being able to sabotage something. So that means locks. That means uh, putting up some kind of notification based thing, like maybe a little bell. Yeah, basically, it's the art of like uh, the use of tricky actions to hide or get something. Uh, tinkering tools will have like lock picks and such. Okay, perfect. Because I kind of think, okay, flashback time. Woo-hoo! <laughs> so when Locks was prepping, he's looking at the entirety of the railroad map, mm-hmm. and he definitely made note of the uh, the tunnel. So he has given himself. You no, know, because they're in a ritzy ditzy car. Mm-hmm. But if they're going to hit, they're going to hit in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. You know, he's made note of the time and what have you. Mm-hmm. So when it's dark, hard to see. So he has the ability to rig up a little warning bell when the door gets opened. Okay. And there is a guide wire trigger. That once they open the door, because for some reason they designed it where the door opens out into the hallway, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to walk right into it. Like, and it's at like mouth level. Okay. And so, just so we're clear, this is for your guys's personal car, or is this for the car that you guys are going to be talking to the gunsmith in? This is for our personal car. If we don't find them before, what we imagine the. Who is the gang that's looking at hitting this? Uh, the Boiler brothers. brothers. Before and if they hit this, it's our little defense mechanism for it. Okay. Because as of right now, you guys have about, uh, I would say, a four-sided clock before you are in the darkness area. Um, I, I think I'm going to look at everyone... I don't know if this would be a flashback, but just just kind of pose the idea that. Um, oh, I'm um, w- sorry, Abner. Before you continue with that, yeah, uh, locks take two stress because that's a very complicated flashback. Welcome to the stress game. It's memories terrible. hurt. <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely do. Um, 
were someone to take over a train, would it not be a good idea to have someone near the conductor shoveling coal to knock them out so they have control of said train? I'm sorry, who are you asking this? <laughs> just, just the everyone, because gotcha. just kind of posing the idea that like they may have planted someone there. No, that's that is a very that is a very solid suggestion. Yes, which also might be where they come in. Hmm. So it might not be a horrible idea to be mindful of the train car. And they are the Boiler Brothers. They know this thing, these kinds of things. Don't they live in a steam engine? Something to that effect, I think. You think or you know? Uh, think, think. I think. Mm. I only think it. Allegedly. I allegedly think it, yes. Great. I'll keep out for him. I'll keep an eye out for him. Spectacular. All right, so Hawk, you're going to move towards the conductor car? Yes. All right. And Abner, are you going to move or are you going to stay with Locks for this part? Um, I'll, I'll stay with Locks. Okay. And so, Locks, what are you going to do now? Eat food. Um, <laughs> so, do I know the name of this? Weaponsmith. Uh, likelihood, yes. Oh, uh, I have an idea. I have an idea. We'll play this out. Okay. Waiter, the waiter, come back up. Yes, the waiter had just come back just All as right. uh, Hawk was standing up to leave. All right. I I think he goes over like, oh, uh, lad, before before you go, um, tell me we we. Uh, aristocrats like to bump elbows with all sorts of people. Can you tell me, uh, is there anybody particularly of note uh, on this train that might be worth talking to? And like you know, and in Locks's hand, he's got two gold pieces. He's rubbing together. Like, come on, come on. And so he goes, Ah, yes, actually. Uh, did you know that uh, Keenan Keenan Buxton is here, the gunsmith? Oh, would you mind telling me where his uh, his cabin is? I would love to meet and talk to the man. He's actually not in his cabin. He's in the viewing car currently. Oh, where is the viewing car, Praytel? Oh, it is a lot. It is the uh, one. So, and he uh, turns and goes. So, the next car, the next two cars are going to be uh, re- like where people reside and everything. And then the car after that is the viewing car, and the car after that is the dining car. And then the last car is the caboose with all the storage is. Hmm. All right. Well, I should like to make my way to the dining car. Can we stop by and maybe see if he's there in that viewing one? Of course, of course, of course. Spectacular. And I think he, you know, he gives him the two gold pieces. And so he takes uh, the gold pieces and he starts walking you guys towards that area. So we have two more actions before we are under the um, under the tunnel. So, in the meantime, Hawk, you get up to where they're entering to the conductor's car, and you see a guard sitting there. And the guard uh, 
looks to be blocking the door from this particular car to the conductor car. Okay. So as I was getting up to leave and uh, the waiter came back with the drinks, I still took my drink Mm -hmm. and I'm sipping it on the way down here. And I'm going to get up to this guy and go, oh, very, very cool. I love the way that this thing is built. I'm assuming you're not going to let me get a peek inside there, are you? And he goes, I'm sorry, ma'am. Uh, after security risk, we won't let anybody up to the conductor's car. Security risk? What's going on? And he goes, oh, nothing, ma'am. It's just uh, the one time we did have somebody up there, they ended up falling off the cart and off the train entirely. Oh, goodness. That's horrible. And he goes, it was. Oh. I I understand your, your caution, then. Um, she's just going to raise the drink and... and Is there any, like, seating nearby? There does seem to be an open car- uh, carriage. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just going to head into the open carriage and... Um, trying to position myself so that I can see exactly who's walking by and be near the door. Okay. All right. And so that's where you're just going to position yourself for the meantime. Uh, in the meantime, let's check in with Abner and because uh, Abner, I assume you went with locks. Yeah. Yep. All right. So Abner, uh, so Abner and locks, you guys make it down. And you're kind of going through the areas because you're letting this guy lead you there. And eventually you come to the viewing car. Now, the viewing car, if you've ever been on a train, a viewing car is actually really cool because basically it's more or less a glass uh, ceiling in a viewing car. It's really cool. Um, If you've ever been on a train, I would highly recommend it, even though I myself have never been on one and I'm just talking out my ass. (laughs) It's really cool, I think. I've read things. I've seen seen video. It's really cool. But anyway. (laughs) But yeah, in this, as you enter, you notice that this viewing car is completely empty, except for one person who is sitting there, has what looks like a champagne glass in his hand and is being filled up as we speak. Their back is to you. What was the the name? Oh, you ask me the name. Yep. <laughs> uh, I know this is different from what I said. It was Keenan something. Ah, yes, Keenan Buxton. Ah, there we go, Keenan Buxton. Ah, you wouldn't be the infamous Keenan Buxton now, would you, sir? He turns and uh, looks at you and goes. Why, yes, I am. And uh, I'm sorry, I don't remember all the people I've come across in my time, but who might you be? I am surprised a man of your repute would not remember a Westchester. And he goes, oh, my apologies. I'm sorry, it's just... Uh, Tell your you're a very I remember- popular man. I, I understand many people come and go out of your sight. No, I am I am Archibald Westchester, father of James Westchester the third. Ah, see that's how I didn't put it together. I haven't seen too much of you, but your father now. That's a good man. Indeed he is. He is indeed. No, I found out that a, a man of your repute and style and 
away with weaponry was on this train, and I simply couldn't pass up the opportunity to come make acquaintances with you. Ah, okay, okay. Well, here, and he uh, motions to one of the waiters, and you're like, yeah, bring up a seat. And uh, uh, he brings you up a chair and uh, everything, and he goes, uh, who is, and he goes, may I ask, is this person with you as well? And he points to Abner. Oh, well, this is my companion, but I'll allow him to introduce himself. A pleasure uh, to make your acquaintance. My name is Abel Garabalus. I am well interested in your design philosophies. I am a, a dresser. I, I, I fashion quite amazing things for all sorts of nobility, and I simply love your work. And I goes, oh, well, thank you. I know when it comes down to it, especially with weapons, when I think of them... Think of them kind of as like a statement. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like any old gun can look the same, but like when you get killed by a Buxton gun, they know it was a Buxton gun. Know what I mean? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I appreciate how passionate you are in your designs. Of course. What can I say? I like it when they go bang. <laughs> that is the best part. But uh, tell me, do you work on commission perhaps and he goes commission indeed i have a bit of a, an operation going on that would definitely benefit from a man of your passionate ever-reaching talents and before we continue on with that part let's so as you do so uh you feel the whole like darkness kind of sweep over all the cabins because you guys have now entered the tunnel uh, and so it is pitch black in this car. It'll take at least uh, six actions, so another clock, for them to actually light stuff in there. And then they will be, and they are going to be oil lamps. And so then it is going to take another 12, like another 12 clock before you guys are outside of the uh, tunnel. So, let's check in with Hawk first. So, Hawk, as you do so, you happen to just hear what some people could confuse as easily as just, like, rocks from the tunnel landing on the roof, but something has landed on the roof. Okay. Uh, I put the drink down and I keep listening while also getting out one of my daggers. Okay. So... Uh, with the listening, I believe that that is going to be a, uh, I think that's going to be a survey. It's going to be risky and it's going to be a standard effect. Okay. So you rolled a two. So unfortunately you can't really determine if it's like anything specific, so to speak. Okay. Now. This next part that I'm going to say is purely for the audience purposes, so not for my characters, but I'm going to hold you to the honor system that you aren't going to use that to benefit yourself in any way. On the outside of the uh, on the outside of the cart, we we see a group of people land, and in the conductor thing, in the conductor's train car, we hear uh, one of them goes, one of them goes, "All right, Johnny, we've entered into the tunnel." Keep funneling in the coal, and we'll get there. And uh, we see 
oh, it looks like a man just like shoveling coal in. And eventually he kind of slows down and he stops and he goes, and the conductor turns and goes, Johnny, what the hell are you doing? We still need a pump. And uh, we see him basically smack the guy with the shovel, knocking him out cold. In the meantime, we see a person enter and land. It's one of the the Boiler Brothers leaders, and his name is... uh, Write it down. I did write it down, actually. I just had to scroll up a little bit first. Uh, His name is Joel Corning, and he he turns and he goes, Good lad, Johnny. We could take it from here. And uh, he starts to climb back up. And uh, as he does so, he says... Keep the train running. Don't stop. And so uh, back to the cart and everything. Back to, uh, so back to Abner and uh, Locks. That's the one. Yeah. (laughs) And so uh, he goes, I'm going to need a little bit more details about this commission, so to speak. Well, you see, uh, currently have a little operation, really getting in on the ground floor, and uh, we're currently in a bit of a, a, a bit of a PR skirmish that has gone on the physical side of things. And what a great way to send a real statement than to give my people out in the field Buxton weapons, a bit of a walking advertisement for a man of your infinite talents. Hmm. So, what are you trying to do with this particular... Let's see. So, uh, like, I feel like I'm consorting with him. Because, like, reading consort, consort reads, consort with your connections from your heritage, background, friends, or rivals to gain access to resources. I'm trying to get his weapons. And through nobility background, I've chatted with this guy through my father. So, I think that's trying to do, like, I'm sweetening the pot. Like, you help me... And you could, and you know, and continuing on with, with the RP for this, and to think about it, Buxton and Westchester, there won't be a corner of this globe that isn't going to want to hear about that. And so, uh, yeah, this is going to be a consort roll. So, uh, roll me a consort. We're going to do risky, and we're going to do standard effect. So. Uh, for this particular part of this, what we are going to do is this is going to be kind of like a boss fight. You have four successes and four failures. Whichever one gets first determines if this guy is going to be walking out of here on your side. Aha. Well, there's uh, not a good time there. <laughs> and he goes, and, uh, and he goes, we see that it's, a, it's an interesting thing you brought up. Because you rolled a two and a two, so that's a failure. That is garbage. He goes, that's a very interesting thing you brought up. But, uh, you're going to have to start talking a little... You're going to have to sweet-talk me a little bit more before I jump in both places. Well, then, good sir. What is something you would look for in a uh, deal such as this? I am not such a... a I am not uh What's the word I'm looking for? Naive to the ways of business. And so he goes, well, forgive me 
for not knowing too much, but uh, your daddy's business. Mm-hmm. What is he? Uh, what is his recent business ventures looking like? Well, his re- recent business ventures. Uh, he's really moving toward, you know, with the festival of gold, which you know. My father sends his regards. I know that you dropped by briefly. It's a shame oh, you couldn't yeah. stay for the entire festival. Um, he's currently buying up parts of Onyx Vale and trying to renovate it up to be a little bit more hospitable and not let so much of the real estate go to waste. So real estate, I suppose. Hmm. Plenty well, of money in real estate, after all. There is plenty of money in real estate, that is for certain. Indeed, indeed. You see, the big thing for me... That I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of people know me just as a gunsmith, but I want to be known mm-hmm. as kind of like a renaissance man, so to speak. So how can you help me with that? If I may interject, I believe you and I have a common interest. You like to design weapons, correct? And he goes, that is correct. Interesting. I love to design people's Clothing of a sorts. What if we mix the two? So, what do you mean by that? Go on. Yes, well, go on. Even I'm intrigued. Imagine, imagine you're holding a oh, let's say, oh, a pendant on a uh, a cravat. Yes, mm-hmm. but imagine you push that pendant, and suddenly a mist sprays out directly at someone. Wouldn't that be intriguing? Or a dart, even. And he goes, oh, so you're talking about more concealable weapon types. Wouldn't that be something different for you? There is something to say about discretion being the better part of valor, after all. All right, so this sounds like a sway. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Swale. All right, so uh, Abner, do me a favor on this way. And you can roll this at risky and standard. Don't mess standard. it up. Too bad. Oh, messed no. up. Yeah, I do it. I do it. Oh, man. The dice do not like you guys. No, today. this Holy is a shit. horrible day. This is, that's a, okay, so that's a two, a three, and a three. And uh, so. And so. Wild dogs on the train are really, really going at it. Right. <laughs> that's how you know that the uh, no secretly that's the train sound. It's, it's, it's just you're, that. You're, you're, <laughs> like wow, it seems like the tracks are really slipping. Um, yes, uh, no, it's just pumped along with the coal and everything. No, that's true. Mm-hmm. All right. Public transit, am I right? All right. So as I was saying, uh, Abner rolled a two, a three, and a three. So Abner has her incredibly high rank and sway, but it just isn't going their way. So that is two out of four failures. And so uh, he looks and goes, goes, wow, that is an interesting offer. Ah, There's something I like about just the... uh, Handling of a revolver or a lever-action rifle. Never mm. could get away from the smell of gunpowder. That is fair, but I'm sure a man of your talents could come up with something like a something that comes out of a sleeve that I, combines both, perhaps. 
I would like to have your opinion on another thing then. Um, take, for instance, this, and he's going to um, move forward his cane sword. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this? And he's going to hand it to him. And he goes, he takes a look at it and everything. And uh, we're going to come back to this in a second because we're going to check in on Hawk. And so, Hawk, you're still standing there, still very much in the dark. What are you doing? Well, I'm not hearing very much, but I know that something definitely happened on the roof. Mm-hmm. Something fell. Um, so I'm just going to get out uh, some rope mm-hmm. and try to see if I can tie it uh, from one side of the hallway to the other to probably where I am in the carriage. Mm-hmm. And... Um, hold it kind of up high and see if I can get into a corner and if I need to like pull it down around somebody. Okay. And so you're going to kind of set a trap and everything. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see here. What would, what would a, a good trap be? I, f- I think, yeah, let's do a, I think prowl would be a good trap. Okay. And so this one is going to be uh, risky and standard. All right, so that's a five. <laughs> hey, we're going somewhere. You do bump into something, but uh, it and it causes like a little bit of uh, glass shrapnel, like a glass, like it causes a glass to fall over and just break. And some uh, you hear someone from the other room goes, <laughs> "Someone's first time on the train, I hit." you're able to set up the rope. And so basically if somebody walks in, if they're not paying attention, they will get caught by that rope. In the Um, meantime, they will get caught by that rope. If I like let loose enough. Okay. And so it's basically kind of like acting as if like a sort of a, uh, to like a lasso more or less. Sort of. Yeah. But I'm controlling how much like slack it gets. Gotcha. Like a snare almost? Yeah, more like a snare. Gotcha, that makes sense. And so... uh, He quickly Google snare. (laughs) I know what a snare is. I played Red Dead Redemption. I read the Hunger Games, I know what it is. (laughs) All right. And so while uh, we see Hawk setting that up, we see the rest of the crew... uh, a few of them are still climbing, and they're they're not climbing. They're kind of like crouching their way through the uh, on the rooftop. There's about three or four of them doing that, and then we see another two kind of moving toward towards the door. We see one of them kind of open the door, and Hawk, as you get the thing set up, you hear what sounds like outside, but then you don't hear anything else, and then eventually. You just hear the door close. Okay, so I hear the door close, and I had to like lay in wait because I don't know what's happening. Okay, and so uh, do me a favor. I'm trying to think of like what would be a good thing for this particular part is. I think, roll me another survey. Okay. Because you're trying to listen to hear what's happening and everything. Right. 
risky standard? Yeah. All right, so that's a six. So as you do so, you hear deep, heavy breathing, but then you realize, because you remember there was only one guard there, but now you're hearing deep, heavy breathing of two people. And one of them says, all right, room by room, get all the fancy riches. You take this first room. I spring my trap. I and let so, the rope go. As the first one walks in, he goes, He the, spra- the uh, trap springs. He gets caught and he just goes, you just hear, oh, what the fuck? And uh, you, get, you have an action. What would you like to do? I'd like to kick him in the nuts. Okay, so this is going to be a skirmish. And uh, this will be a desperate and great. (laughs) Now the dice have turned back. All right, so this is a uh, hawk roll to six, basically. And so... uh, the rope falls on them, and then Hawk basically just kind of like uh, puts them in a headlock and knees them right into the uh, end of the nuts. And between those two things, causes him to like lose his breath and immediately kind of fall unconscious. And he kind of uh, he uh, goes limp, and you kind of like lay him into the uh, cart itself. Perfect. And so after that, you hear one of the things, one of the other people go, Oi, come on, we got to move on to the next one. Anything in there? She's going to try to make her voice real well and go, Nope. Alrighty, let's see here. I'm trying to, what would this one be? Performance play, wrong system. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sway. That's going to be a sway. Now, if you want to get a bonus dice, Hawk, you can push yourself and take two stress. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) You could join the stress crew. (laughs) Never mind. Don't worry about that. Well, (laughs) where all the good luck went. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. So this is a. Uh, Hawk rolled a six and a six, and Hawk has zero dice, so taking the lowest result, which is a six. And they go, "All right, follow me. Let's move on to the next one." And so I wizard... kind of envision this guy grabbing her hand and being like, "Did, did you moisturize?" Just... <laughs> and he goes, "I mean, no, not gonna lie, Zeke. I never told you this, but you have some of the softest hands." And so they move on to the next door which is the door that you guys... And so it's the door... like It's the door... So you guys were the third door in this carriage. Uh, this is the second door. And so he goes... And so he turns and goes, So you want me to take the lead or shall I? Or shall you do it? Uh, she's going to go, I'll do it. In that same voice. But then immediately attack him and try to knock him unconscious. All right, this is going to be a desperate skirmish. Uh-oh. Nice. All right, so uh, you're able to basically because he's behind you and everything, you kind of slip him into uh, slip an uh, arm around his neck, and you're able to hold him back as he does it. And he's kind of like uh, pawing at you and everything, and 
Uh, he's able to kick, and you hear one of the kicks go a little wild, and it kicks out one of the windows, and you just hear, and a, as he does so. And, uh, yeah, uh, eventually he does get knocked out. Wonderful. Um, I'm going to do my best to try to lay him down in that room, get out of the room and shut the door. Okay. How much can I see? Like, can I see enough to like write something on a piece of paper? Yeah, you can. It's like, it's dark, but it's dark. It's like, basically you can't make out fine features. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to take the guy from the first room, put him in the second room and then write out out of order on the second room. So, if you put him in the second room, there is a family in there. Oh, there's a family in there? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. They, that door hadn't been opened yet. You were in the first... So, when you first took out the first guy, you were in the first. Right. There's a second door that nobody's in. And then the third door, that is, that is Archibald Westchester's area. And then uh, three other doors past that. I thought we were in the room by the time that I attacked him. Uh, yeah, by the time you attacked the first guy, he was in the room. The, the ne- next guy you attacked was in the hallway. They oh, had I thought it was door. in the room. No, it was in the hallway. Sorry, that was my fault. I wasn't clear on that one. Okay, then I'll take the fir- the second guy back to the first one, lock him in there, and put it as out of order. All right. And so, uh, and so yeah, the other... Uh, okay, and so what are you going to do after those two are taken down? Um... I'm going to go see what's up with the conductor car. All right. So you head back to the conductor car and like head back to the door. You open the door. And as you come out to where the door is, you turn and you see that the guard that was there has been basically stabbed through with a machete to the point that the machete is actually holding him to the wall. Ooh. Um, I'm going gonna... is, to, is he's for sure dead, right? Oh yeah. Okay. It's right through the heart. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the machete out and, and pocketing it okay. after cleaning it on his clothes. And so you pull it out, he kind of slumps and he falls and he falls off the train and everything. And uh, yeah, you have the machete now. Okay. Uh, I want to try to go into the conductor's car and see um, what's all going on in there. Who's still... Okay, so before you get to there, there is a very small railing that you're going to have to shimmy across to get to there first. Okay, I'm going to take a piece of rope and and secure it on one side and then take it with me as I shimmy across, just as like a backup. Fantastic. I No, seriously, I love this planning, by the way, you guys. Uh... So here's what's going to happen with that one is you are going to get a bonus dice for your finesse to be able to shimmy across. Okay. Is this actually, sorry, be... this is going to be prowl, actually. My bad. Oh, prowl. Okay. Yeah, prowl is more like uh, moving about unseen and traversing obstacles. Risky great? Uh, nope, this is going to be desperate great. Ooh. Oh, no. So, uh, it's that literal scene from Back to the Future 3 where uh, Doc Brown is literally like trying to cross or come across, and then his and then your feet slip off. Uh, so, you, the, 
your feet slip off and we just see like Hawk hanging off the side of the uh, train as it's going down the tracks. In the meantime, let's check in with Abner and Lox. Um, before, before we jump into RP, um, I'm guessing we couldn't, he- we're too far away to hear that glass crash. Yes. Okay. That so was, like that's three, what I thought. Yeah, we're a couple cars away, away. Yeah, yeah you, you guys okay. are two or three cars away, so you did not hear it. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to proceed with handing him my cane sword and asking him what he thinks about it. And he goes, well, this is very fine. Looks like it was made by, uh, it looks like it was very expensive. Oh, thank you. But now imagine firing a gun with that. And he goes, Could you make that happen? And he goes, and he takes it up and he kind of like looks at it, kind of holds it, aiming it as if it were a rifle, and he goes, Yeah, that could be doable. Imagine that. High Society of Westchesters and their gentlemen militia to take them wherever they go with their weapons concealed and handsome-looking canes. And he goes, okay, okay. Uh, roll another sway. Me? Yes. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, it's a good uh, choice. <laughs> uh, risky? Desperate. Yeah. Uh, standard or great? Great. Me. There we go. That's right. what we wanted. <laughs> so we rolled a four, a one, and a six. And he goes, all right, yeah, that's an idea. Let's talk about capital and such. How are we going to make this work? Because uh, this is a new business venture, and I want to make sure everything is airtight before I invest. Don't you worry about that capital-wise. There's plenty of time for us to allocate resources, and I can have a conversation with my father to make sure that all the raw materials that you could possibly need to work your magic. Fantastic, fan. And just as you hear that, uh, Abner and Locks, you do hear what sounds like the door on the far end start to open. Waiter, is that you? And the door closes, but and uh, you just hear the sound of a revolver hammer going back, and he goes, well, well, well. If it isn't an actual jackpot today. Oh? And a person kind of steps forward, and you realize that it is, uh, there's four people coming in now, and these are the Boiler Brothers, but they do not know that you, Archibon, are involved with the Recluse. And he goes, not very many, it's not very often where I get a Buxton and Westchester in the same car. Um, really quick, I'm going, as I'm disguised at the moment, mm-hmm. I'm going to assume they don't recognize me. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. <laughs> However, the other three are definitely having their guns aimed at every person in this room because there's four of you: a waiter, a bartender, um, Buxton, Locks, and um, 
Um, Abner. <laughs> you got it. You got there. Yeah, I got it. I'm getting there. I was struggling <laughs> today. <A> buffering. <laughs> yep. Old hold ticker's not like it used to be. All right. And so, uh, yeah. What are you guys going to do next? Hmm. Well, I, I guess my question is, like, you know, staff-wise, mm-hmm. uh, look at this be like, oh, Buxton, I... This is most unfortunate. I, you're not used to something like this, are you? And he goes... And he goes... I don't know about the, you, but this seems to be a uh, stick-up. I believe so. And you hear so. you hear the lead boiler brother just go, that's enough talking out of you too. Now, all your riches, and then on your knees. It's still, it's still dark, right? Yes. Is it possible for me to slip behind the bar to get behind them? Roll me a prowl. I can do that. And that is going to be desperate great. Can I? I'm going to take two stress to help him out and be like, well, you know, most people in my position don't usually travel with their riches in place. There's usually a deposit car that I'm surprised you haven't found yet. But when you're a common criminal such as yourselves, I'm not surprised. And so... That is going to be a... Let's see here. What do you think that would be? For what? Well, he, he's using oh, he's it to a, help he's me. To, oh, he's using it to help I'm, me. I'm yeah. helping. This is the... Never I'm mind. painting the picture of how I am helping. Never mind, never mind, never mind. All right. Uh, then you get a bonus to your prowl, Abner. One bonus dice? Yes. Okay. Jesus Christ, what is happening? <laughs> Okay, so Abner, as you kind of like go to sneak, you accidentally bump into one of the tables. Uh, as you do so, one of them turns and he's going to shoot at you. Uh, and he uh, he shoots you and he hits you. Uh, Great, yeah. Sure. Do me a favor, and this is going to be a prowess resistance roll. Would you like to resist that? Because he's going to shoot you, and if you don't, it's going to be it's going to damage. Yeah. I refuse to accept bullets. <laughs> um, I just hit prowess and then just like normal, right? Yep. Great. And so basically what happens is in this time, when you take something like this, because you rolled a two, a two, and a one, uh, what's going to happen is a consequence happens because that's what desperate and great determines. So in this section, I determine based on what you actually do and how you take is what's actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. So in this section, you will always take six stress and determining on it's the injury. So if, if you had not decided to roll your prowess resistance, it would have been six stress plus a gunshot wound to the chest. Okay. And so, uh, that is why I wanted to make sure you rolled that one. And so, uh, and so, uh, basically you got that uh, on there. And uh, so you rolled a four and a three. So that means uh, you only take two stress. And so you feel uh, you feel a stinging on your neck as a gunshot rings out and it hits Andre, grazing him along the neck. So uh, you're going to put that under uh, harm one 
uh, bullet rays. Awesome. Harm one, pants full. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, locks. You hear the gunshot go off, and uh, yeah, what do you do? So I think you know it's just like, well. Was that really necessary? Are you going to get about your business? I told and, you we don't have anything. And he goes, I know, but you can walk us back to that fancy cart, the fancy storage at the end of the train, and then start unlocking stuff. <coughs> I'll do what I can. Uh, so I think, you know, we're going to, we're heading back to the caboose. Mm-hmm. And so he goes, all right, move. And uh, right. he turns to, he turns to the other two and he goes, you watch the other two. And if he tries anything else, you put a bullet in Buxton, Westchester, you're with me. Move. All right, all right. No need to get pushy. We're the cooperative type, aren't we, Buxton? And he goes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So in the meantime, let's check in with Hawk, who's more or less hanging out. hey <laughs> And yeah. so, Hawk, what's going through? what's going through Hawk's mind right now? Uh, well, this isn't the worst situation I've been in. <laughs> and the second thought is, where the hell's Jack? And so uh, during this time, just as you think, where the hell's Jack, you feel something kind of land right above you on top of the thing. And it's just kind of looking down and blinking at you like, yeah, what's up? Uh. She's going to yell out, a little help, please. And so, uh, do me a favor. You can roll another prowl on this one. You can add a bonus dice for Jack helping. Okay. It's going to be another desperate roll. Yeah, I kind of (laughs) figured. All right, so the good news is you rolled a five on this one. And so uh, you're able to slip up and get up there. However, because of this whole thing going down, you do take two stress because uh, this was a very stressful moment. Of course. (laughs) And so you're able to get up there and uh, uh, you're able to get alongside of it. And you're now in the conductor area where you see just beforehand a person shoveling stuff in and you do see the body of the conductor and someone else who's currently running the uh, controls of the uh, train. Okay, so there's two conscious people, you said? There's one unconscious, one conscious. Okay. Um, I let the conscious person keep going and then try to slip back out if I can. And lock the door behind me from the outside. Okay. So this sounds like another prowl roll. All right. So that's a five. And so you, uh, you go and you unlock the door. And you go in and you basically are able to jam the door shut. Or did you say you're carrying out the other unconscious person or are you just leaving them there? No, I'm just leaving them there. Okay. And so you jam the door shut. And then, so now what? Um, now that that person won't 
be able to get out, I'm just going to go back to the rest of the cars and make sure that I didn't miss anybody and that nobody got past me. All right. So are you going to try and climb over the roofs or actually just go down through the cars? Just go down through the cars, but um, very carefully. Okay. Uh, for sake of time, I'm going to say you don't have to roll for that because you already got over once, so it should be okay. And so uh, you jump down, open the door, and start going through. Do you have like, do you have the machete out with you as you do it, or did you use the machete to kind of uh, uh, keep the door locked? Um, I definitely use the machete to keep the door locked. Or, okay. I'm sorry, no, I did not. I still have the machete with me, and I used... Um, some of the loops and metal rings that I have with my climbing harness to sh to jimmy the lock to the door shut. All righty, fantastic. And so, in the meantime, Abner, you have two people who are currently have uh, you basically at gunpoint. They both have what looks like sawed-off shotguns. Um, and the bartender who you see is just currently shaking like a leaf. Um, I'm going to try to gracefully stand up and walk over to the bartender, raising my hands towards the other two. Um, and I'm just going to say, I mean no harm. I apologize for my indiscretion. If you wouldn't mind, I believe I could use a drink as we all could. But I will take one. Barkeep, um, a whiskey sour if you could. Roll a sway. Desperate great. I'm not excited. I have really good sway, but I'm not excited. Right, you have anymore. like three ranks in sway, and you should be fine, but you're not. <laughs> okay, okay, better. <laughs> so, so we rolled a five, a two, and a four. Progress. And, goes, and they kind of, they aren't doing anything, but they are still following you with the guns. And so uh, the bartender starts pouring, but he's like shaking like a leaf. So more of the whiskey is going everywhere. Can I grab to. the bartender's hand and just go, there, oh boy, calm down. And so, uh, yeah, you're able to grab it and kind of like steady his hand and everything. Um, after he's done pouring, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pound it, slam it down. Another, if you could. You could join me if you wish. And I'm gonna look at the other two when I say that. And uh, roll another sway. Stop rolling. <laughs> I should. Uh, oops, sorry. Uh, I feel like I'm trying to get them to do something. So. <laughs> I am, I know. Uh, desperate great. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. Not too bad. Another three and a five and a four. And one of them just kind of turns and goes, eh, we're not going to try anything. And the other one goes, ah, fine, I am thirsty. And they kind of walk up to, uh, uh, get a drink themselves. In the meantime, let's check in on Archibon and Buxton. So I think, you know, he's going through his head. He's got his tinkering tools and his subterfuge supplies. Mm -hmm. So now, how many are moving us along? Just two. Okay. Now look at Buck, you know, chatting it up with Buxton. You know, Buxton... My father told me about a lot of, well, you two were war buddies, weren't, weren't you, in the military? He goes, oh, yes, I remember. I did constant raids through the Deadlands. I believe that. I think he told me a story about you being in this exact situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, I 
probably should tell that story now, should I? I mean, you're the one that knows how it plays out, but you don't have to if you don't want to. And he goes, well, if I remember correctly, it's been a few years, but uh, they didn't happen to check a certain pocket of that in that particular story. Oh. Well, hopefully it had an... Well, clearly it had a happy ending or you wouldn't be standing here now, would you? And he goes, yeah. Too bad uh, your father was a much more keen shot. Mm. That is fair. Father does know how to work his way around a firearm. And you but, just feel him kind of push and goes and goes like, and so as this basically what happened is you guys were having this conversation as you're walking through the dining car while they were getting everybody else to buy basically up against the wall to get them to not do anything. The other guy is going to stay down there, stay there, and then it's just going to be you guys, you two, and Joel. So there's, uh, and Joel's one of the cronies, right? He's the leader. So the lead crony. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of, so just, uh, I'm trying to think. So, he's got his tinker tools. He's got his subterfuge tools. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not so crazy to think that there's some kind of hydroelectric power on this thing. Electroplasmic, so, yeah. So, here's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, he turns and goes, well, here's the door, but... I'm not a worker here. I don't have the key. I can see what I can do. All right. So this sounds like a sway. I mean, if you consider the truth a sway, but all right. All right. Clicking it. What is it? Uh, Desperate great. Desperate great. Submit. And submit. All right. So that's a six. And so... uh... And so he goes, fuck. Uh, fine. Get away from the door. All right, all right, all right. And so you and Buxton move away from the door. However, you notice Buxton's a little bit closer to you because mm-hmm. you realize that you feel basically one of his revolvers in his back, basically in his waistband. Hmm. So I think, you know, he, he's got that moment of... Buxton, it's always good to see you. Father always spoke so highly of you. Yeah. And I think he, like he could feel like, you know, he's got him like his left arm up on his shoulder and you can feel it kind of move down to where that revolver is. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to loose it. Uh, this is going to be a... F- finesse makes sense to me. Finesse, yeah, let's do a finesse. All right. And we're dripping in it, right? Yep. Desperate? Oh, yeah. And great. Yep. I'll take it. That's another six. So you're able to get the gun out. And you basically, because of that six, are able to get the first shot without them knowing. There's two of them. Both of them have their backs to you. So what's what's the arrangement? Does it go Joel at the door because he's trying to do something? Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and then the other guy is around with the people. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be better to off the leader. All right, so 
this is going to be a hunt. Uh, oh, spectacular. This is... Hmm. Okay. Do you want to push yourself? Yes. <laughs> All right. This is going to be a, a controlled and a great effect. Controlled, but great. Submit and... Do I add bonus? No. Just because I push myself. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You do add bonus because you push yourself. Sorry. My bad. All right. Submit. Wah, wah. And so you're able to pull it out. Uh, you pull the hammer back. And as you do so, you realize that this gun has a hell of a lot more of a kick than you realize it does. And it goes wild. And the, go the shot goes wild. And it basically blows out the window to the door. Uh, in, right in front of Joel. Joel kind of turns and he is going. Uh, he tries to shoot back, but he doesn't hit anybody, and he just forces himself through the back of the thing while that is going on. The other guy, however, is going to turn and try and shoot at you again. Are you going to shoot back? Sure. Shall we take another stress? Is it one stress or two? Two. Mm, no. So what are you going to do as he's... So... I'm trying to think what my options are. because So this kicked me back and I'm like off kilter, yeah? Kind of. Uh, basically, it was just enough of a recoil that you missed. Okay. What's Buxton doing? Buxton is kind of like trying to duck to take cover, more or less. Wise choice. I think. In the meantime, Hawk, you do hear this gunshot go off in the other area. You are currently just about to enter the viewing car. I'm ready with my machete and get ready to to attack. Machete okay. spaghetti. <laughs> Gross. Uh, um, so I think, you know, time kind of slows down Archibonds. So Joel is, okay, which one's trying to shoot at me? The the other the other car. The other guy. Joel dived into the uh, uh, the storage car. So Joel's in there. So he's out of commission. So you know he's got that slow down like you know Webley firearm, horribly horribly inaccurate, low caliber, very cheaply made. And then <laughs> this, and then he looks at the other one, forty five Magnum, special Buxton, rounds a kick like a mule. <laughs> I'm off kilter. He's like, I'm off kilter here. So I think what he's going to do is, I don't. Th I think he notices that there's like upended tables or something. Mm -hmm. So he and he's already kind of thrown back. I think he's just going to fall backwards and try to get some cover. All right, uh, roll a finesse out of this one. Dripping in it. All right. Risky? Yeah. Great? Yeah. And there we go. Nah, I, I fall on the table, hit my head. You fall on the table. Uh, you do take like a sprained back, so you get a less effect for your injury. Sprain. And so, uh, but however, the gunfire still happens. And uh, you hear just Buxton just go, Jesus, you are not your father's kid at all, are you? <laughs> No, I was more academic than athletic, but I did my time in the military too, damn it. And he goes, yeah, I can see. In the meantime, though, uh, Hawk, you are just about to enter the viewing car when you see the two people drinking with Abner. 
Abner, you see Hawk at the door with a machete. Um, are are the other two aware that Hawk is has opened the door at all? The Hawk has not opened the door yet. Oh, okay. However, uh, their backs are to the door. Great, great. Um, I'm just gonna keep talking to them as we're as we're drinking and stuff. What uh, what would stop the four of us? You two bartender from taking this train ourselves. And he goes, and the two of them look. He goes, "What do you mean by that?" Well, why should you answer to someone else? Obviously, you you guys can handle yourselves. What if you took the train yourselves, started your own thing, got rid of your old boss in the meantime? Roll a sway. Desperate really grip. need to stop. <laughs> Desperate grip. You're going to you level, level up Sway again before the end of this round. <laughs> Great. It's not doing me too well. <laughs> okay, that's, that's, a five, that's okay. That's a five and a four and a five. And they just go, huh. We have an idea, but uh, we wouldn't be answering to you now, would we? Why would you? I would prefer I answer to you. Um, Another drink if we could. And so they pour another drink. Hawk, what are you going to do? I'm going to uh, try to quietly open the door and then um, get behind the first person. I'm assuming they're all lined up next to the bar. They are. Basically, it is. uh, There's basically kind of like two and two. It is... Crony, Abner, uh, Crony, um, bartender. And the bartender's closest to me. And the bartender's furthest from you. The two cronies are closest to you. Okay. So I go up behind the first crony. Mm -hmm. Get the machete around uh, and under their neck and say, why don't you join us rather than listen to your boss now? Or I could slit your throat. Okay, now I'm trying to figure out what skill do you think would be good for this one? Hopefully command. Okay, yeah, let's do command. This one's going to be a desperate great. Unfortunate. And so here's how we're going to do this particular part. You go up to try and grab up to him. You grab him, and then you, as you go to actually bring it around, you pull him back, but the other one there has already has his gun out to try and shoot at you. However, you do have a hostage, so he is holding back a little bit. And Andre, I am pretty short. I mean, so. <laughs> Abner, is there something you want to do? Can I put my... Uh, hmm, touching him might not be the best idea. There is another sawed-off shotgun on the counter. Oh, oh. Hmm. Am I worried about him seeing me? That's the main question. He could definitely do that. Uh, can I? Can you I try and roll a finesse to see if you can just like get it where he doesn't see it? Well, if he doesn't see it, does it count as prowl? If I'm trying to do it without him seeing. So if you're trying to like just take it out and not and like move it away without him seeing it, it would be finesse. It could be prowl if you're going to attack him with it. 
No, I don't want to shoot him yet. I'll try finesse. Yeah. Desperate great. As as we should. God. And so as he does so, uh, he as you go to reach it up, you pick it up and he turns and he sees you and he fires at the uh, at the two of you, but you're able to pull both of yourselves down as the uh, buckshot explodes the cabinet of liquor behind you, so you're getting doused in liquor as we speak. <laughs> um, uh, Hawk, what are you going to do when you see this? Ooh. I'm probably going to just do my best to cut the neck of the guy in front and um, maybe Let's roll a skirmish on this one. Yeah. Not seeing too many options for this. <laughs> Honestly, this is a really, I think this is going to be a really fun session. So. <laughs> All right, so that's a five. And so we see Hawk just come up, uh, flip it up, slits the guy's throat. And you're, what are you going to try to do after that? Um, maybe take cover from that, uh, from that other shotgun and ready a throwing knife. All right. So we see uh, Hawk do that and then dive behind the table. In the meantime, he is reloading. Um, so where, okay. So this is going back a little ways. Where's my cane sword? Oh yeah. The cane sword is probably on the floor behind him. Cause uh, I don't think it was picked up after, um, Buxton had it. Then I, I want to go over and just smack him in the head, just with the with the tip of it. I don't want to like use the sword part. I just want to use it as a cane and just kind of hit him over the head with it. Gotcha. So you want to try and sneak over to grab it, then hit him with it. Yeah. All right. Roll a prowl. That's gonna be definitely great. I say yay, but I've been rolling terribly. <laughs> yay! Can't wait to. Yeah, great. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was going to say, can't wait to poke myself in my own eye. <laughs> That's probably what's going to happen. Okay, so you were able to get around to the corner of it, but he's able to reload really quickly and just, like, he shoots again, keeping you in your corner. Uh, Hawk, what are you going to do? I'm definitely going to get that uh, throwing knife and try to hit him with it. Hunt. Roll me a hunt. Desperate great. Finally, we do a hunt for me. <laughs> you know the thing that you're supposed to be really good at yeah supposed to be <laughs> oh god <laughs> welcome to my world it's so, fun it's <laughs> you roll a one and a two you pick up the knife you throw it but the whole car the whole like train lurches at that moment and so it goes wild and it just hits like one of the wood things and he turns uh, to shoot at you but you're able to duck back just in case that's right there's technically not a conductor at the wheel <laughs> Oh, yeah, we yeah. need to handle that at some point. <laughs> one thing at a time, one thing at a time. Bum, well, bum, technically, we do, I don't know that yet. Right, so, we're unaware of that. No metagaming. <laughs> Abner, what are you doing? Um, I don't want to do anything anymore. <laughs> um... Alright, I'm going to try to use some of my other skills, because me trying to get to a weapon is not 
doing well. Can I... Um, can I... How well can we see at this point? Let me start there. You can still... Uh, it's definitely you guys have adjusted to the light, and so it's basically like seeing in the dark. Okay. Um, are there any particular features about this man that looks different from any other goon? Uh, he doesn't, he, he definitely has a well-chiseled jaw. No idea what to do with that information. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I do. I do. I have an idea. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to, so he shot at me already to like, hey, back up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll back up. I'll put my hands up. All right. All right. All right. We'll stop. We'll stop. And I'm going to put my hand up to Hawk to just be like, yo, wait, hold up. Okay. So this sounds like another sway. Oh, I got more. Do you want me to keep going? Or do you want me to roll this way now? Let's do this way now. Okay. Desperate great. I'm going to assume. Yeah. Everything's desperate great at this point. Especially since you have a gun trained on you. Thank you. God. That, okay. So that's a six, five, and a six. That means you have rolled a critical... A critical. Right, just in time. So, <laughs> what does this do, Andre? Um, I want basically my whole pitch is to like to calm him down and to convince him that he's he's too good to be doing this live, and he's gonna put his gun down and kind of. I want to convince him to put his gun down to just be like, you know what, you're right. I shouldn't be doing this. I could be doing other things. And so he turns. To the both of you, and he just goes, You're right. Mama said I could be a painter. And uh, he tosses the sod off to the floor and kind of just like tries to run out the door past a uh, hawk. I'm just kind of going to let him. <laughs> okay. Maybe after he's finished his crisis, we can recruit him, but maybe not. It's fine. I, I kind of, after he leaves, I kind of want to look at Hawk and go, where is he going exactly? It's a train. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. But hopefully it's to be alone. I do enjoy that plan. However, we have done well. Thank you, my darling little lemon drop. I could not have gotten out of that without you. In the meantime, you hear the sounds of more gunfire happening, and we're going to jump to Abner and Buxton. Nope, not me. I'm here. Not, sorry, not Abner and Buxton. It locks in Buxton. You both Good. have A starting names, by the way. <laughs> it's just like A refers to me as my alias, right. which is an L. I mean, Alphabet. Archibon Alphabet. Locks Westchester. Sorry. <laughs> just saying. Anyway, as I was saying. So, yeah, the other guy's still firing at you, and you, he has now stopped to reload real quick. So, yeah, he's, he's got the, the big kick pistol, but this time he's down in a uh, sort of a, a more stationary position mm-hmm. where he can perch it up on this table and aim. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to take a shot that way. All right, so that'll give you a bonus dice, and this will make this a a uh, controlled and great effect. But what? And this will be a hunt again. Okay. Controlled, great effect, with a bonus dice. Yeah? 
Yep. Nice. With a six. So we see basically uh, he kind of put it on the table, pulls it back, and boom, the guy gets blasted back into one of the tables and flips over the table. And uh, you hear Buxton just go, well, now you shoot like your father. Well, I'm not the one walking around with a small cannon in my back pocket now, am I? He goes, like I said, I like it when they go bang. <sighs> Have you got one too? And he goes, well, of course. And he reaches out and pulls one from his uh, uh, a shoulder holster, basically. Well, do we want to go after him and keep making bang sounds? Be the big heroes? And he goes, you're just like your father. <laughs> and, uh, and he steps forward to kick open the door. And you just hear that. You hear a of the revolver from Joel as he uh, is trying to fire. Cool. And so, uh, what do you guys do? So I think, you know, we, we go into the, the caboose and it's just like, there's, I, I see it like, you know, three or four rows of luggage racks. Mm -hmm. Um, so we kind of like try to dive behind the, the nearest available ones. Cause you know, about how much distance does he have on us? He has about, the whole thing is about 200 feet long and he has about 90 feet. Okay. So about halfway down. All right. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, you know, he, he, he's, he's having that moment again, and he's, he's having a flashback. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how much this really screws me, because I ain't got much stress left. So, I don't uh, feel like any of you got much stress left. <laughs> right. So he's going back. Like, this is a drill that they covered uh, when he was going through the uh, military in Aruya. Mm -hmm. um, the idea of building clearing. And, you know, he remembers, like, you know, calling out to his, his squad mate, like, you know, we're going to go on, you know, spots of three. You fire three shots while I move up. I'll fire three shots and we'll just try to keep them down while we move. Sure. So he relays that, you know, snaps out of it, relays that information. And, you know, he, he's looking at Buxton, like, do you have any speed lotus for this thing? And he goes, oh, absolutely. And he tosses it to you. Spectacular! All right, we're gonna go on counts of three. Do you know what you know what I mean? He's like, I feel like he goes, "Come on now!" And yeah, yeah, he's just gonna go. <laughs> God, I've never felt more alive. So I think we're just gonna do this like three round leapfrog back and forth. Sure, I'm trying uh, to close the gap on the guy. Sure, and so yeah, we see the doo, 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 he moves up, and then he goes doo, 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 moving up, and he's and. Between the two of you doing that, you're able to successfully keep him pinned. In the meantime, Abner and Hawk, you do hear uh, this continuing like gunfire happening. I believe we may need to go help our friend. I think that would be wise. And I pick up my pace. And so you guys get into the the uh, the dining car, and you see all the four people just kind of, like the four dining staffs just kind of look up. And as they see you run in, they just point and go, to the storage area where, and you see one dead body already there. Uh, before we continue, did I, can I have picked up the, yes, you have your sword. great. No, no, no. The, oh. the shotgun. Oh yeah. 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 You picked up the, uh, shotgun and everything. Don't it only has have two, a weapon. You only have two, it only has two shots in it. So just a heads up on that. Thank you. And yep. I did pick up all my knives and machete, right? Yep. 
And if you want to pick up, you can pick up the revolver as a guy as you go by. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to do that. (laughs) All right. And so you guys enter the back of the uh, storage thing and you hear that you see Buxton and Archibon kind of like moving up slowly and they're gaining on this guy and they're about 30 feet away and you guys are about 90 feet. I want to start shooting at uh, the guys that they're shooting at. They're shooting at. Yeah. All right. Roll me a hunt. Desperate great. Desperate great. At 20. That's a six and a four. So we see Hawk literally just go like, God, I've been wanting to do this the whole fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) Literally just see one bullet in there. Just goes, "Mm -hmm." pulls it back, cocks it. And then we just see in slow motion as the bullet travels through flying past uh, Archibon's head and getting uh, Joel in the shoulder, knocking him down. And so, and then Buxton turns and just looks back and sees uh, that and just goes, Whoo-wee! Look at that shot! I only pay for the best, Buxton. Of course you do. And so he uh, walks up to where uh, Joel, Joel uh, is. And, uh, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I just have this vision. What's... Uh, I forget what movie it is, but you know, it, the, the, the camera view is from Joel, and there's just all of us with like <laughs> guns aimed at him. Like, come on! That's exactly what I was thinking too. <laughs> Think of which one it is, but we know what it is. Leave down in the comments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, just off until I remember it. And so he kind of just sits back and he just goes. He looks at his gun and then just kind of tosses it. Wise choice, old boy. So I think we uh, then apprehend him. All right. And so you apprehend him, and eventually, uh, once you guys make it back to the tr- like the conductor car and everything, once he finds that everybody's down, he just stops. And he, send, he stops the car at Slonia, where uh, Onyx Vale PD is there to take away uh, the... Uh, the Onyx Vale PD is there to take away the Boiler Brothers. Spectacular, and I, you know, I think you know as we're handing stuff over, just uh, I think Archibald's going to look at, at Buxton and go, "You can have the credit here, dear friend, for saving the cart. My compatriots and I aren't so much for the limelight." And he goes, "Of course." And uh, Westchester. Yes. I'm in. Whatever you want. Spectacular. And it's then I think... Where, and he goes, it's not often where I get to feel so alive, so I thank you for that. Well, work with me, my friend, and I guarantee more opportunities will find their way to you. And I think he gives him the information, like, we'll be in correspondence. Look for the milkmaid's jacket in Onyxvale. And he goes, of course, you have yourself a good one. And so if there's anything else you guys would like to do, we'll move on to... We're going to go into part three. Nope, just want to leave. Yep, before same. before Abner has to roll again. All right. Yes. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> we'll go into the uh, the final part shortly. Uh, so we'll see you in a bit. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
Alrighty, and we are back for part three. Whew, that was a very stressful score. High score. <laughs> we did it. We made it through. And nobody died. <laughs> okay. Nobody on our side. <laughs> Fair. Uh, so, uh, let's do... Ingo lies wounded. So let's start off with the uh, payoff and everything. So technically, one, you guys got a new asset, which is going to be Buxton, who is going to make higher quality weapons for you guys. However, because of uh, everything that went on, he also paid you guys six coin just for a really lovely time. Thank you. Heat-wise, because of how you guys played this, you actually were able to blame it mainly on the... uh, on the Boiler Brothers. So, you took no heat level. However, uh, with the Boiler Brothers now, if they see you again and then figure, and basically, if they see you again, it's pretty much on site. On site! <laughs> and so, uh, that is that. Now, what is the downtown... So what downtime activities are we going to do? Who would like to go first? Um, he is going to go. Like, you know, we get back into Onyxville, Maine. I'm like, I am going home. And I'm going to crawl into the bath. And I'm going to ask for the most exotic wine that I have. Because I hurt more than I have hurt in many years. And so, uh, do me a favor. Uh, this sounds like a vice roll. Oh, it sure is. <laughs> roll me vice. Jesus. All right, you cleared one vice. You're able to do it, but just the whole like sounds of combat is still. You're still riding really high from that. And Can't so you're not from six to five. Woo! You're not very. You don't. You're not able to like de-stress very easily. Uh, you do have one more action you can do for your downtime. What would you like to do? Hmm. You can try and, like, remove stress again if you'd like. Because that'll carry over into the next one, correct? Yes. Uh, how does... Also, does that also address my harm? Uh, you, harm is its own thing. Uh, with okay. yours particularly, um, if you want to heal, then you would just be like, I use this time to rest up and heal. I think I'm going to do that instead. All right. So you're going to click on the heal button under roll 20, and there's no bonus dice, and just roll that. All right, so you're going to take the lowest dice, which was you rolled a six and a two, and mm-hmm. so you heal for one of your healing clocks. Okay. Which you have a clock of four for that. So I'd have one for the sprain back, and then that would come off, yeah? Yeah. So once you get the full thing healed, the sprain back will come off, yes. Okay. I only had one of them, right? Yep. It would, it would be a level. It would be a level one harm, so it'd be like lesser effect. So that means if I you were to knock somebody out, it gotcha. would have a lesser effect than that. Okay. Yep. All right. Who would like to go next? I will. All right. So what is what does Lee do after all that? So Lee's still pretty concerned about all of the um, police on her back. Mm-hmm. So she's going to try to reduce the heat a bit. Alrighty. And so for that one, what you're going to do for me is you're going to uh, you are going to do me a favor. Uh, what do you, what are you what are you going to do to try to reduce heat? 
Um, probably go around and go to the nearest hangout for veterans mm-hmm. and try to get in good with them so okay. that if I ever need to like fall back on, oh no, the cops are out to get me for something I didn't do, like all of them will help. All right, fantastic. Let's roll a consort. Uh, risky or controlled? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Just uh, let's do risky. All right. So you rolled a two on that one. And so what happens here is uh, you you guys were able to reduce heat by one. Okay. All right. Then I'd like to go back to the milkmaid's jacket and uh, drink myself into oblivion. All right. Reduce some stress. Let's roll that vice. And you're able to clear three vice. So it was able to at least knock some of it. You're still a little bit stressed about the ever higher Onyxville police presence, but you're able to at least alleviate some of that for the night. Perfect. And last but not least, Abner. Um, I'm going to go back to the milkmaid's jacket and I'm going to drink. Because it was... I took a hit to my ego this entire time. <laughs> so yeah, let's see the uh, vice roll for that one. All right. Great. All right. So yeah, just like uh, locks before you, you're still very much caught up in that battle and everything, realizing that you got very close to dying today. Um. Yeah, I think Abner is kind of caught up in that. I think after after his drink, he's just... I think he's going to go and just uh, maybe see a show at a theater. All right, roll another vice. Yay. All right. The, the theater has always been a great place for you. You just... Whenever you go there, you always feel like you're at home. And this is able to at least clear your mind of some of the impending troubles. Your stress isn't completely gone, but it is for the most part. And is there anything else you guys want to do before I go into what's going to happen for the ending credits? Nope. No, I'm square. All right. And so we see, as we do so, we see a title card that says four days ago. We see Thomas walking through the streets of the Onyx Vale. It is nighttime, and Thomas likes to walk the back alleyways. And as he does so, he rounds a corner, and he sees a group of people standing there looking at him. And eventually one person comes out from in the middle of them and goes, You have something I want. Thomas kind of takes a step back, turns, and starts to run. And as he does so, there's more people at the very end, and he kind of looks around, and just as he turns again, he finds another person, and they... Uh, hit him, knocking him out. And that is where we're going to end the session for today. The movie was Trading Places. It was? Yeah, when uh, Eddie Murphy's character runs to the stock exchange office. 
Oh! <laughs> He's like, is, there, is there a problem, officers? That's the movie. Oh, I can go to bed now. Oh that my is God. not what I... My brain was just doing Kill Bill. I... The only thing I thought of was, like, Avengers after, like, when Will Lo- Loki wakes up and has, like, Hawkeye's bow in his face. That's what I was thinking. Mm. That's what I was thinking, oh. too. Alright, well, at least two of us are on the same page. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. folks, it's Chris from Des Moines Dragons, and I just wanted to take a minute to thank everyone who's been listening to the podcast and supporting us for all this time, and for all you new listeners, welcome. From those of us from Des Moines Dragons, we wish you all a very merry holiday season and a wonderful 2023. We'll see you next year, folks.